You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing the importance and convenience of pre-sterilized endodontic instruments and how to maintain a sterile office environment. Our guest is Dr. Scott Norton, an established endodontist with a state-of-the-art endodontic practice in Louisville, Kentucky. Dr. Norton, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk today. Hello, Phil. Thanks for uh, having me. I'm uh, excited to be here and uh, excited about our topic. Yeah, so pre-sterilized instruments, and we talked offline about this a little bit just to get some clarification. Um, It's an interesting topic, and apparently more and more products are being sold in the pre-sterilized state, which obviously offers the practitioners some benefits. So share with us the benefits of pre-sterilized endodontic instruments, if you would. Well, our whole goal in endodontics is to keep things as sterile as possible. I mean, from cleaning out the canals, we want a sterile environment and we want a completely cleansed and and sterilized uh, canal. So it makes sense to have a pre-sterilized file, whether it's uh, rotary or stainless steel. A lot of things are going towards uh, the single use in the individually packaged dental products. So we're moving that way. It's not really a new concept, as you and I had talked about a little bit beforehand. As endodontists, we've been using pre-sterilized paper points in the cell packs for, for years. It's not really a new concept, but it's just being moved to uh, other dental products. So, so the more that I can have of that, the more control I have over, over the environment. So as far as the files go, typically they're packaged in in packages of maybe six. Are these individually packaged or they're still packaged in six? And also single-use files can be pre-sterilized, but multi-use files can also be pre-sterilized, right? Exactly. We're used to our traditional, you know, small packs of uh, six, you know, hand files or rotary can be uh, anywhere between three or four or six in a pack. So same thing with the... uh, pre-sterilized, except uh, it's a different packaging system. Uh, basically, you just pull back a little piece of foil, and you've got a sterile file, you know, right there. And uh, each each one is kind of serrated, so you can just, you know, pull off one or two or however many you need. It's just nice to know that, hey, you pull it right out. You've got the rubber dam on. You've got a super sterile environment. and uh, you know, you get a sterile file um, right out of the package. And I like to have it as much as I can. I like to have it sitting in front of the patient. So when they walk in, they say they see everything is individually packaged, neat, organized, and sterilized. That's important to me. If I walk into a, you know, a medical office and there's just uh, instruments laying around or it doesn't look clean, I'm paying attention to that. And you know, people are doing that in our offices. And I think one great thing about dentistry is we are very aware of that. In most dental offices you walk into, it looks clean, it looks sterile. You know, our setups are nice because, you know, our patients are looking at that. So as far as the pre-sterile instruments, how is that packaging and that whole process of be, of coming into your office directly from the manufacturer as, as pre-sterilized, how has that changed the way you prepare and perform root canal therapy? It's another level of comfort uh, for me. The the actually hand files look exactly the same. It's just how they're packaged, but it makes the process easier. You know, as soon as I get it, 
it's it's ready to use. If I need, let's say I need, um, it's a tough case, and I'm going through a, a ton of six, eights, or, or 10K files, you know, you could just pull it out, they're serrated, grab it, and uh, you've got a sterilized file. Sometimes, you know, I could use, you've been there, 20 number eights. And so just to have them there and grab them, know they're, they're sterilized and the ease of use makes a huge difference. And, you know, the patient sees you grabbing that sterilized file. I think that puts the patient at ease knowing what a really sterile, clean environment this is. And it's going to allow us to get, you know, the best result possible. So are all manufacturers offering that as an option or is that just some endodontic manufacturers? They are not all doing it. Some are moving that way. The ones that, that I am using are, uh, they're called ready steel. They're MyFair uh, Flexofiles or K files. So it's the same exact file we've always used, uh, feels the same. It's just a new packaging that sterilized uh, comes in eight little sleeves and in each sleeve, there are six files. You know, one of the big things at first for, for an endodontist that, that I was initially concerned with was uh, storing the files. Because when you place an order, you know, we might be buy, buying, you know, 300, 500 packs. So you need the space for it. But it really hasn't altered uh, our spacing at all. You know, like I said, you can separate them any way that you want uh, for storage or you can just store them in, in the boxes. So it's actually been a very easy process for us as dentists and uh, as an endodontist myself, certain things like that where we don't really like change, but it just really hasn't been, you know, that much as far as utilization or the storage. Uh, it's not been that hard of an a adaptation for us. So what, what um, did you do before <clears throat> when you had the instruments coming non-sterile? What, what was the process before a procedure? Uh, you would have to run those files through either the statum or the autoclave. Back in the day, you know, we had the, the bead sterilizers, which uh, obviously that we know now not, not super effective, but, uh, you know, it was an extra step. It's an extra step for your staff. So I kind of feel like it's a, it's another luxury that we have our, at our disposal now. So it's really definitely a game changer, but I'm seeing more and more things coming to my office that are sterilized and I'll even pay extra for that. Although a lot of times there's, there's no cost difference. So what's the process that you use to sterilize the instruments after the procedure? So you, you've got, well, of course you have the hand instruments, the, the endodontic explorer and all the other hand instruments that go along with the initial exam and the actual procedure. Um, but as far as the files go, how do you handle the, steriliz the, the management and sterilization of the files after you've used them the first time? Well, a lot of them, like I said, are single-use instruments. So it's just, um, you know, disposing of those. I, I deal with, like, a lot of uh, calcified cases. So I could go through a uh, rotary uh, file that's, you know, been heat-treated and is flexible. I could go through 10... Uh, maybe like an SX file or S, S1 file. So I just toss those um, as I'm going through them. Uh, if they start to unwind, whatever. Um, but there are certain files that you can sterilize. We will run those through. Obviously, you go through uh, the ultrasonic, you know, wiping everything down, uh, evaluating the file. 
if you have like say a, a size 45 file, those traditionally you're not going to be unwinding those. So uh, so you could get another use out of that. But um, uh, I'm always looking at them, uh, and if there's any question when I'm working, I mean they're just tossed. I, I tend to be in in mostly you know single use, except for those uh, instances where it's a uh, uh, maybe a larger size file that you're not worried about it's uh, losing its integrity after a use or two. So it's definitely an individual thing that the dentist has to make that decision. But uh, like I said, I can tell you a lot of instruments and a lot of our products are going to single use. So we have, we aren't having to worry about that as much now. Do you have some sort of uh, file organizer on your delivery unit uh, set up for the patient? Some of these organizers are made out of like a... Um a plastic material or, or injection molded material. Have you seen those? So I have a split kit at each operatory. It, it really is beautiful because it looks like a rainbow. We've got all these colors of uh, files and uh, I will use those obviously with sterilized you know, files in there. The nice thing about these newer split kits is they're metal. So you could sterilize the whole kit. You know, they were made out of you know plastic before they've moved to metal. I know there are some that, that are of different materials that can be sterilized. But uh, if you're using one of those, it's really important that you're able to, to run that through at least the autoclave or a statum, some sort of a, a sterilization. Maybe the days of using the, the glass containers where you know, your gutta percha and stuff would be in there. I, I don't feel comfortable using those anymore. For your instruments, your hand instruments, do you use a cassette system for your uh, setups? Absolutely, yeah. Every setup for us is identical with, with my staff. You know, we've got the shoulder pluggers in there and uh, the, the endo cotton pliers and uh, our endo explorer. So it's it's the same setup for every endo. So it's reproducible. Now, we will do uh, individual uh, packets for, for an exam. They're basically sterilization pouches is probably the best way to, to call them. They're self-sealing. They come in different sizes. Once they're run through uh, statum, you can see how they change colors. So we use those a lot for either exam pack or a suture removal kit, or uh, we've got several of those for, for different things. In general, on an ongoing basis, how do you maintain a sterile office environment overall? Well, first, you have to look to the manufacturer's recommendations on how to sterilize each operatory. You can use a certain product on a chair, and if the manufacturer says, hey, you can't use that on there, you know, it could degrade the chair. So we sterilize everything in that in that operatory. Everything's bagged, including my microscope. It's set up with a, uh, like you said, a cassette. Whoever does that individual cassette, we have them put their initials on it. So everybody is responsible for, for their kit. Everything has been wiped down beforehand. It has been put through the ultrasonic because I want that perfect. And, and I'm really lucky to have, you know, a great staff that pays attention to detail. So, um, but when the patient comes in, like x-ray pieces or an individual pouches that have been sterilized and on those pouches, you can see after it's run through, uh, there'll be a color change showing that, uh, that indeed it has been sterilized. So, so the patient sees that when, when they walk in, it's a, it's an endeavor and everything is, uh, sterilized and wiped down and then, you know, bagged. And it's a process. You know, it's not like, you know, the old days where it's a couple minutes. I mean, I make sure they really spend the time to, to do that. So, um, so I want to make sure we get that across because that is really important. 
How many staff members do you have involved with a root canal? Do you, do you work with one chair-side assistant, and does that chair-side assistant handle cleanup and, and disinfection and sterilization? Yeah. So, I mean, they will be with me from start to finish, one root canal at a time. You know, I want all my attention to, to that patient. So there's one staff member that will stay with me the whole time, but then we also kind of have a floater. So if there's something we need, uh, if there's like some bioactive material, you know, once I get in there, I see resorption or something, they can go get that for us. The assistant starts from the time they get them from the reception area to the dental operatory. They'll get the comb beam x-ray. They'll be with that patient throughout the whole procedure. Uh, and usually when they come back, they're requesting that person. They really had a good experience. They, they put them at ease. And, um, and then they stay with that room, sterilize it, and then they take everything into a sterilization center to run all that stuff through. So uh, from start to finish, it's, it's that one person. And you're the only endodontist in your practice? I am. I like it that way. If there's uh, something in the office that I want to purchase or a product I want to change to, most endodontists, as you probably know, we're, we're pretty OCD and want things perfect. So it's just me here. But I, I'm very lucky to have a, a great you know, support group and uh, other endodontists that, that I can talk to, uh, you know, if we need to run over a case. And likewise, you know, I might get those same same phone calls. So so it's worked very well for me. Are you doing root canals in, in one visit, vital only, or are you doing some non-vital in, in one visit as well, or do you do everything in multi-visit? Uh, most cases I do in one visit. We're getting great success doing, uh, you know, one visit um, endo. Now, somebody's very swollen, and, uh, you know, necrotic tooth, you know, we'll drain it, we'll put calcium hydroxide in there, and, you know, we'll bring them back. So so it does depend on the case, but traditionally, you know, I'm doing them in, in one visit. Calcium hydroxide is still recommended for intracanal medicament for non-vital teeth. That's still state-of-the-art calcium hydroxide? Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's uh, if somebody's really swollen, I feel like I need to do that, but I don't do it for every necrotic case. And of course, I'm spending more time on my case. If I can do it in one visit, I'm going to. And that includes, you know, necrotic cases. So you just have to take it all into consideration. The person's immune system. Usually these patients I'm seeing for a second or third time. So I've got a track record with them. Um, so like I said, the majority is, is a one visit endo. And, you know, I'm in there. Most of the time in the molars, you know, you got four or five canals, sometimes six canals. So when that anatomy is, is fresh, you know, in your mind, you're doing the microscope. If you can complete it then, that's, in my mind, the best way to do it, unless there's some other, you know, circumstance. So so in the past, um, I might have done uh, early on in my career more two-step endo, but, uh, you know, that's that's a small percentage now for me. Yeah, we we were doing non-vital teeth in one visit way back when it wasn't considered to be really acceptable. You know, that wasn't the prevailing opinion among the endodontists of the world, but uh, it, it seemed to go that way. We found that once we had the patient with a rubber dam on, this, the canals were swimming with sodium hypochlorite. We've got a really good environment. We've got the patient there. There's no swelling. We're not getting any drainage. What's the point of leaving that tooth not obturated? When you have, you know, when you have complete control at that point, so um, I agree. You're ahead of your time. Yeah, I got admonished for it in my endodontic graduate program uh, quite a bit. <clears throat> we were doing it in the main clinic. Yeah, it wasn't looked favorably upon at that point. Um, 
but it's changed, which is good to see. It is. And, you know, obviously the time with the hypochlorite, you know, inside that canal is, is really important because the longer we do this, the more research we get and uh, uh, the more we see the apical accessory canals, webbing, several portals of exit. So you got to let that hypochlorite, you know, sit in there and really take the time and, and you get to know the anatomy. So what better time to do it when it's right there and, and it's fresh in your mind. And uh, again, I joked about it a little bit earlier, but Patients don't want to come back. I think it's a great service we provide, and uh, uh, I'm glad there are pioneers like like you that uh, you know we're doing this early on. It just makes sense. What is the normal time frame for you to do a standard molar number thirty? What does it take these days with the microscope and all the instruments that you have right now for you using uh, CBCT? We talked about that on a previous podcast. What, what's the whole process from start to finish? Well, so. For me, whatever the tooth needs is what I'm going to do. I know some, uh, you know, offices are like, okay, I do my case. I start with this file and I go this, this, and this, and this. So, but every tooth is is completely different. So, uh, so when you say a, a standard case, I, I feel like I don't get very many of those, uh, you know, anymore because you know, with the microscope and the comb beam, you know, you can find maybe some small cracks in the tooth. On a molar, I'm spending, you know, probably an hour and a half, you know, by the time we get the comb beam and, uh, you know, get the patient numb. You know, I can see on the 3D, I'm looking at that the whole time. So, you know, there's a, a fifth canal or a little accessory canal. You know, I'm working on that. Sometimes there's a small little crack. And so I want to bond in uh, like a really uh, strong, you know, flowable composite or if I need if I see a little area of resorption, you know, we have all kinds of bioactive materials that, that we can use. Um, so, you know, each tooth is, is completely different. Uh, my last case yesterday was a, was a really sweet lady. She had had a tooth. It was a number 31. Uh, it was really calcified. It is June of 2019 right, right now. And she uh, had had some problems with the tooth maybe in December. Uh, Yesterday was the first day that, that I had seen her, but she was giving me the history. In December, the occlusion was, was adjusted, but actually that's probably when the infection started, pushed the tooth up a little bit there. But when I saw her yesterday, she had had um, a paresthesia for probably seven to 10 days. And the 31, the distal canal exited right uh, on top of the uh, inferior alveolar canal. So it was really calcified. So we get inside this tooth and uh, I get some drainage, a ton of drainage out of there from the distal canal. From the comb beam, I know where the canal exits. And a lot of times, even even if it's on top of it, but it exit, exits laterally, you're in much better shape there. So, but yesterday hers exited like right, like it was going right into the foramen. So you just had to be very, very careful, clean everything well, seal it off, and, you know, not push it into the canal there. So, um, yeah, that's, why then she, she had, that's why she had the paresthesia. I mean, that explains that. That's Yes, exactly. So I talked to her about that beforehand. And um, uh, I was really happy when I got into that distal canal, I was able to drain a lot out of there because I think that's going to make a big act, impact on her. But, but then the mesial canals were like super calcified and I was going through a crown. I wanted to save that crown. That crown. So that was over a two-hour case. Mm -hmm. um, 
Uh, yeah, thank God for it, the cone beam, because if it wasn't for the cone beam, you know, God forbid an apicote surgery had to be done on that distal root. Could you imagine the risk involved without the clinician really understanding where that distal canal laid right over the mandibular canal, right over the foramen? That information was invaluable, and I showed the patient. And actually, her uh, husband was a radiologist, a retired radiologist, so he obviously thought that was pretty neat. But to have all that information right there makes a huge difference. And, uh, you know, we'll follow it up, but hopefully over over time, that paresthesia will, will go away. You know, if, if you just sit there and talk to the patient, they're going to tell you everything. When we started talking a little bit more, she's like, hey, you know, I did have an issue in, in December. It had probably been going on a while, but um, I, I found the distal. That's where the, the drainage was. The mesial lingual had uh, a very calcified uh, area due. There was some decay that I had to remove, so, you know, that canal calcified, but the mesial buccal, was the one we spent the greatest amount of time on because it just was really, really calcified. But from the cone beam, I could see where it was. I could see where it was in relation to uh, the other canals, which really helped me. I kept looking at the cone beam. I got out the ultrasonic uh, and uh, it took some time, but we got into that, into that canal. So it's definitely a game changer. And again, feel so lucky to have, I mean, we got the microscope, we got the cone beam. Whatever's coming down the pipeline next, I, I can't even wait to see. But uh, uh, we're able to save teeth that I don't think that uh, we would have had uh, that ability of successor to be able to even save that tooth, you know, maybe 25, 30 years ago. Interesting podcast today. We, we talked about pre-sterilized endodontic files, which come in the package that way. It saves the sterilization process on the front end. And a lot of these are single-use instruments. So... They're disposed of afterwards, so there's actually no sterilization involved with them at all. You're very fond of MyFair Files. They are our sponsors for today, and we appreciate their sponsorship. So uh, if you want information on pre-sterilized instruments from MyFair, it's it's under Denseply Serona now. That's true. And the files that I was talking about, they're called Ready Steel, Flexo Files and the K Files. Um, uh, same file, just different packaging and, and pre-sterilized. One other thing I wanted to mention that, that I forgot on that last case is, so I used a, a Detect Apex locator on that uh, canal that we were talking about where the paresthesia was. Throughout the whole case, I kept checking uh, to make sure that we were in the right spot because we were so close to that canal. And I think that's Another thing that's really, really important when we talk about these cases. So it's kind of using everything at your disposal to make sure you can get the best result possible. It's taking it all into consideration, uh, making sure that you take the time on the case to get the best result. Thanks again, Dr. Norton, for your expertise on pre-sterilized instruments. And we hope to have you on a future podcast soon. Well, thank you, Phil. I had a great time. It always goes by so fast and you are just a pleasure to talk to. So thanks again.